With the 2021 season now all wrapped up, let's do a little review of what we learned and everything in between on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Today's show is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. On today's show, it's going to be an entire recap of the 21 season. So I'm going to go through each game, give you some of the takeaways that we picked out from uh, the Boston College football season, talk about the season as a whole, and get you know everything kind of on uh, film or, or tape, if you want to call it tape for this. In order to do this, I'm not just going to go in and, and talk about every single game and like what did we, what were the big plays and everything. I'll give you some, just the takeaways. I want to get into what we learned about BC from each of these games. So let's kick it off with the season opener. It was a warm day on in Chestnut Hill against Colgate. I was there in the press box. It was a beautiful late summer afternoon against Colgate. And Boston College played, I mean, it was against an FCS squad. So it was one of the easiest games of their season. But they played a complete game. You got Jakovic out there. You know, he threw that pass. You know, the, the big play to me of that game was that Trey Berry touchdown leap where he, you know, he skied over a, a Colgate defender. I use that picture all the time on bcbulletin.com. So you got to see what this Trey Berry character was going to be like. We didn't get to see a lot of him later, but we'll get to that in a moment. Everything was going well. Zay Flowers had, you know, over 150 total yards. Jakovic was doing things. The defense pitched a shutout. They couldn't get, let Colgate do much of anything. It was just a complete matchup. Uh, a nightmare for Colgate and Boston College did what they needed to do. Like you go out there when you play an FCS squad, you want to beat them and you want to do it soundly. Boston College made very few mistakes in this game and they won it handily. So, you know, BC starts the season off one and zero. We ended this game feeling excited, you know, like, Ooh, this is the right step in the right direction. We're going, we're going places. We're doing the right things. BC's going to be looking good this year. So one and zero. then game number two happens and Oh boy. Head over to UMass. You play at McGuirk Stadium for the first time since the mid-80s. And, uh, yeah, this is the game that changed the direction of the season. And if you were to tell me this was what that was going to the the takeaway from this earlier this year, I would have said you're crazy. But this game was an absolute horror show from beginning to end. And it wasn't just because of the injury of Phil Dracovic. There was a few things in between that were very, very concerning. First of all, Dracovic goes down with an injury. You, you saw it. It was a scrum near the end zone. He goes down. They're wearing their red bandana uniforms. And he goes down in the end, and he goes out. And the when you're watching it on film, if you're watching on TV, the Flow Sports guys had no clue what was going on. They didn't get to – they weren't able to um, – not, not Flow Sports, excuse me. It was the Nesson guys. They thought he was still in there when it was uh, uh, Dennis Grossell later in the game. But we find out that Jakovic hurt his hand. You didn't know what the injury would pertain, you know, what, what, how bad it was going to be. You just knew he was out. They said he was questionable for the rest of the game. And that was concerning. Then there was a play later in the game where it looked like Zay Flowers, thank God, blew out his knee. I mean, if you watched it, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sounding 
a little bit scaredy catish here, but literally, if you watch that, it looked like a non-contact knee injury, and he goes out, but he comes back in. So thankfully, they avoided that. But the other big thing that came out of this UMass game were twofold. First of all, the defense really struggled against UMass. If you remember, um, there, BC was making mistakes. There was the Travis Levy uh, fumble on a punt return that caused uh, BC seven points. And then B, uh, UMass's quarterback was able to move the ball pretty effectively against BC's defense. That was worrisome at the time because you thought going into this game, BC would just go down to UMass and smack them, do exactly what they did a couple of years ago, and just beat them left and right. And that's not what happened in this game. It be, UMass was in it for quite a bit, and that ended up being, uh, you know, it was it was a loss for the Minutemen, but they left feeling pretty good about it. They covered the spread. They kept it within two touchdowns for most of it. Now, some of that was due to um, the loss of Dracovic, but there was other things that BC doing. Like, as you said, the, the fumble, BC was making mistakes in coverage. There was a lot of sloppiness in this game. So, you know, you left the first game feeling really good. You felt the second game, it was like a gut punch, right? For Boston College fans, where many of you were going, oh, man, what's going on with Jakovic? And the news got worse on Monday uh, when Jakovic went on Instagram and showed a picture of his hand wrapped up and he was in the hospital. So he had surgery on his wrist. So all of a sudden, all of the positive vibes going into 21, it all escaped. Except I have to say, and I, I, I will own this, because at that time, I thought he could do it. I said, guys, don't get too discouraged yet. Dennis Crosell will be able to do it. And we won't find out the answer to that until later on in the show, whether I was right or wrong. But Djokovic is out. He's out for the seat. He looked like, you know, they said he was unlikely to return for the remainder of the year. So that meant Dennis Grossell was up, heading into week three against Temple. And this is the the game that I I look back and go, I watched this game. But what do we take away from it? Pat Garwo had a great game, and they did nothing passing the ball. And you look for it when you when you reflect back on this game, you you realize why they didn't throw the ball. I said at the time it was because they were vanilla, that they were trying to keep it vanilla, trying to just keep it, you know, ground and pound. Because I thought Grossell could throw the ball. We find out later that this is not really what he could do. So they just did what they could do to win this game, which was basically beat up Temple in the trenches. They did that. They win this game easily. It was, I mean, there's lots of forgettable moments in this game. But, like, in terms of, like, games you don't even remember happening, this game has to be up there. Because it just felt like BC was just rushing to get the hell off the field. And (laughs) there was not much, like, urgency in terms of, like, like st- there were no like style points in this. It was just like pound it down their throat, get a few touchdowns, win the game, get out of there. And that's exactly what they did. So they're three and zero, but still like at that point you're like, okay, we're still feeling pretty good. Not as great as we would be if we had Jakovic playing, but three and zero is three and zero. And so Boston College at this point had everything going, and then it was, ooh, we got Missouri looking at us. We have an SEC opponent, a team that plays in uh, the best conference in the country. So what is going to happen? We'll talk about that in just a moment. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. 
with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and for the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com locked. Again, head to netsuite.com locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Again, that is netsuite.com locked. This is Locked on Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Hope you all are having a great holiday season. We're in that like weird period between Christmas and New Year's where all the days just kind of blend together. But hopefully you're doing great, and uh, hopefully this whole COVID thing is kind of washed over your family. Like not washed over, but like skipped over your family, and everyone's healthy at home. But if you if you are unfortunate and you did catch it, I hope it, hopefully you're either asymptomatic or it's light. So hopefully you're doing well as well. Uh, thanks again for making Locked On Boston College your first listen every day. Make sure to check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview 2021 with local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis. It's the most comprehensive college play p- football playoff, and it is live now. All right, so we in the first segment, we talked about the first three games of the season. And now we're going to fly through some because we're going to get into one big game and then we're going to get into a bunch of others. And I'll tell you why in just a moment because, you know, this is where the season kind of gets interesting. So Mizzou. Mizzou comes in. Eli Drinkowitz, he makes his comments about uh, recruiting and how there's no good recruits in Boston in the Massachusetts area. People are getting really revved up heading into this game. Boston College, it seems like it's personal, right? Like you, you... You know, when he takes a little shot like that, and I know it was innocent, but it's football. You take any little edge that you can. And Boston College, they come out, they look flat to start this game against Mizzou. But credit to the offense and credit to Dennis Grossell in this game because they come flying back and they battle back and forth. And BC falls behind late in the second half. Dennis Grossell orchestrates a drive to tie the game and take the lead with only 25, I think it was 25 or 30 seconds left in the game. It was incredible. It was one of those big moments. I think he hit Travis Levy in the end zone to give the lead. But just like last year, it was one of those moments where the opposition, they get a couple first downs. Uh, BC plays a little light on the defense to make sure no big plays happen. They, they leave it up to Missouri to kick a very long field goal. It was 55 yards plus, and the guy nails it. This was like the pit game last year where, like, you do what you have to do to keep them from, like, at a low percentage field goal. Like, this college kickers, right? They can't – some of these college kickers can't kick 25-yard field goals regularly. This dude hits a 60-yarder or whatever it was to tie the game. So, again, the, the, the error is sucked out of Alumni Stadium. They go into overtime. Um, Grossell, he hits Zay Flowers to go up by seven in the first overtime period. Then, in the, in the bottom part, Brandon Sebastian picks off Connor Basilic in the end zone to end it and give BC the win. An absolutely mammoth moment. The fans storm the field, and, you know, we're not going to get into whether that was the right thing to do. It was It's Mizzou, who cares? BC fans, they needed a big moment. It was, it was an this was the highlight of the 2021 season, I, in my opinion. I know it was Mizzou. They were a six-win team. But it was more about the experience for the fans themselves. They had not gotten to a game under Jeff Halfley before. They get this big win against an SEC opponent at home. It just felt good. And cl- thank goodness it felt good because the next month of football was awful. 
And we're this is where we're going to go. I'm just going to lump all of this month into one gigantic cluster bleep. And I can't swear on my podcast, so we'll keep it at cluster bleep. Because the first game against Clemson, you know, you're heading in. You're 4-0. The excitement's high. BC looks like a team that could win. And then we get to see what Dennis Grossell could become or what he actually is as a quarterback. And it's not good. And I'm not saying he's not good. It's just he struggled a lot mistakes after mistakes. He couldn't get the ball to Zay Flowers down the field. Couldn't get the ball down to Zay Flowers. He couldn't do much of anything. And credit to the defense, they kept Boston College in this game against Clemson. It was a night game. You know, it was a big moment. BC is down at the end of the fourth quarter. They're marching, and Dennis Grossell's got them going. Everything's looking good. It looks like this could be the time Boston College finally beats the Tigers, DJ Uyagalale looks completely vulnerable against BC's defense. He can't get anything going. BC's running down the field. They get the ball to the 10-yard line, and botch snap. Dennis Grossell fumbles it, and the game's over. There are a lot of gut-punch moments of this season. You could look at the Phil Dracovic injury. This has got to be on the top two, because this was terrible. <laughs> Because Boston College has not won a game against Clemson in a decade. They had the chance. Clemson was completely vulnerable here. You had the ball. You're marching down the field. And you blow it on a stupid mistake. And afterwards, you know, there's no excuse to it. It, it, it was a loss that Boston College should have had. If Phil Dracovic was healthy, you know they would have won this game. But they, he wasn't. You play the game with the team, the players you have in front of you, they lose. First loss of the season, they head back home to play NC State at a night game. And you're hoping, you know, the issues with uh, with Grossell are starting to get better. Oh boy, they are not. They're getting worse. As he struggles big time against NC State, the defense again for the first half kind of keeps them in it. But BC squanders a few chances. And then the second half was what we've seen a few, t- well, we'll see a few times this season. The team just completely implodes in the second half. And this is where the issues really started to happen with the Eagles. They have a blocked punt and then a explosive like right after that by NC State and it's over. NC State blows BC out of the water. You're now seeing there's a major issue with Boston College and it's not the defense, I don't think. I mean, they're not a perfect group, but they're not the big issue here. It's the offense. As BC is now on their way to scoring an average of 10 points a game in the month of October. Whew. Bad football all around. So they get blown out by NC State. Then it's off to to Louisville. And it's more of the same. Basically, you're seeing Boston College not be able to do much of anything on offense. They're kind of holding their own on defense. You know, Malik Cunningham has a player or two here or there. But then it gets to the second half and and, and the tires fall off again. Because the defense is asked to be on the field so much, because the offense can't do anything, the defense eventually erodes. Malik Cunningham makes a handful of spectacular plays, and Boston College goes down. On top of that, we saw Trey Berry get hurt badly. We see Josh DeBerry get hurt. We see, uh, uh, sorry, not Josh DeBerry, Brandon Sebastian get hurt. So you see two major players go down for Boston College. The, 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 Overall feel around the program at this point, they're now down to four and three, is really grim. You know, fans are asking, are they going to even be bowl eligible? Are they going to make a bowl game? Does it matter? They're playing really poorly. The offense seems to can't. You know, you got Pat Garwell running the ball really well, but they can't get anything going in the passing game. Zay Flowers is running around like waving his hand in the air, and and Grossell can't hit him. 
he can't hit him. He just he's just not unable to do it. And so it, it's it, the frustration is starting to boil over. Fans are just like, "Frig this! I'm not watching this anymore." And I get it because it w- at this point it was really really bad. And so they ended up uh, the 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 month of October playing against Syracuse. And it was the Sean Tucker and Garrett Schrader show. Again, it was the same issues. Syracuse was a beatable team. Just like Clemson was beatable and Louisville were beatable, Syracuse is right up there with a team they should have beat. And the reason why Boston, again, it's like the same theme over and over again, right? They couldn't keep the offense on the field long enough to sustain any sort of drive. Defense is asked to be out there so long, they start missing tackles. When you miss tackle, tackles against Sean Tucker, he just goes nuts. And that's it. BC plays poorly again. They're done. But at this point, you're starting to hear rumbling again. And it's the, this is the first of two rumbles that we start to hear about. And this rumble that we first start hearing about um, before this game was about Emmett Moorhead. And Emmett Moorhead comes in. And he plays. And everyone was so excited to have this big freshman in and blah, blah, blah. He had, a, you know, his first pass for the Eagles was incredible. It was like a 35-yard bomb to Isaiah Flowers. But, man, after that, he looked like a freshman. He looks like a guy that needs a little bit more seasoning and not the answer that Boston College needs. So it's like, ooh, we're back into this 2015 phase where it's like Jeff Smith, Troy Flutie, Emmett Moorhead, Dennis Grissel. What do you do? Where do you, where do you go from it? Do you just go with Moorhead and try to get something out of him? And so at the end of the Syracuse game, it, it's a lot of sadness again and just like complete, def- like feeling defeated, right? But, you know, they're they're now heading into Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech always plays Boston College well. And that's how we're going to end our show is talking about the last four games. Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the College Bowl season and the pro football playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports this action this season. Head to the website or use our mobile in the, in, a device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 21 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so don't wait. Take advantage of all the new amazing offers available on the site. And that's Bet Online, where the game starts. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black here. We're recapping the 2021 football season, going game by game and talking about the 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 big takeaways. Now, if you were expecting me to go down stat-wise or big plays and everything that happens, like you know, play by play, that would take me hours to do. I'm I'm abbreviating this for a Locked On Boston College podcast. So, you know, it's gonna be under 30 minutes. If you're looking for more in-depth stuff, we're going to be doing that later next week with Mitch. So we'll talk about MVPs, big moments of the season. We'll get into all of that. This is just a a rundown of the season itself and, and, and talking about that. So we had left off with the Syracuse game. Emmett Moorhead comes in. He gets clobbered. He had one or two good passes. After that, he looked just like the freshman that he thought he might be. Um, and he, got, he got his licks in, but that's that was basically all he got out of that. You're heading into Virginia Tech. Everything looks grim. You don't know who's going to start. Halfley hasn't named a starter, whether it's going to be Jakovic, Moorhead, Dalen Menard. We don't know who it's going to be. Thursday night heads into Friday morning, and buzz starts to come out that Phil Jakovic is going to be back, that he's going to be the starter. And credit to Boston College Football, they played this up beautifully. They do a lot of like little teases online about it. Not really clear. But who's, who leads Boston College out of the tunnel for the Red Bandana game but Phil Jakovic? And 
you know, it's clear watching him. He's not 100%. His hand is definitely not there yet. But he's Phil Dracovic, and he leads Boston College to a big win. You know, he has a few big runs. He, 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 he manages the ball. He gets a nice deep pass to Zay that everyone was excited about because we had been waiting for that pass to hit for weeks. And he finally does it. Boston College gets a win again. Now everything has changed again. Now that Djokovic is back, you're thinking, man, this team could go back to bowling. There's still, you know, three games left. They could still win their eight, eight games. Everything looks positive. But, you know, we head into Georgia Tech. Now, Georgia Tech was interesting because the defense in this game was the major issue. Boston College lets off an opening kickoff return touchdown to Jameer Gibbs, who's now on Alabama, uh, after BC scores. But this game was Dracovic on um, amphetamine. I mean, like he was like on, he was rolling in this game. Five total touchdowns, three on the ground, two in the air. And Jaden Lars Woodbay had a huge interception to end this game. So Boston College gets their sixth win. They are now bowl eligible. Everything feels good. You got Dracovic. He's looking fantastic on the field. Like he's running like you've never seen him before. And you're heading into the last two games going, man, we can easily beat Florida State. Wake Forest, hey, we could we could we could upset them. So the 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 feel around the team at this point is very, very positive. Then we hit Florida State. And this is the issue Boston College runs into with Florida State seemingly every single year. You go in, you're feeling pretty confident, but then you realize what kind of athletes Florida State has, and they're able to always seem to skimp together games, no matter how poorly they're playing overall. They get these athletes that do a few things, and then they beat Boston College. And for this game, it was Jordan Travers. That that quarterback for Florida State, you know, he had three total touchdowns. He was able to run the ball, pass the ball. Um, he just did what he had to do, and Boston College had no answer. But the bigger issue here was you saw that against a better defense, Dracovic wasn't as completely together as we thought he might have been. Like, he looked like he couldn't throw the ball as accurately as he wanted. He threw a bad interception. Like, he just didn't have the feel that you were hoping that Dracovic would have. And so it got a little bit nervous there going, mm, he doesn't look completely like himself. And so Boston College, they, they, they're, they're battling near the end of the game. They end up losing it. And it, it was a, it was a tough loss, right? So that that makes it six and five, and then going into Wake Forest, you know, at that point you're going, okay, now the feeling is back to, Djokovic is not a hundred percent, still a better option than Grossell or Moorhead. Uh, the defense, how I don't see them stopping Wake Forest, and that's exactly what happened. Wake Forest just completely pounded BC, and this was a you know of the bad games that BC had this year. You know they had their moments uh, against NC State, they had their moments against. Louisville and Syracuse. This game was the worst, I, I in my opinion, because you had Jakovic out there. He just clearly he had no touch on the ball. He threw for 19 yards, but Sam Hartman just took took BC to school. They were he was throwing the ball, running the ball. BC had no answer on either side of the ball for this, and it was it was um, it was Wake Forest all day. Now, the play of the game for me in this game, the one that I always remember, was that Zay Flowers uh, end around with the with all the cuts that was called back because of a Jakovic uh, blindside block. Uh, that was the game. That's the play I will always remember, just because it was ridiculous and it should have been a touchdown, but whatever. Um, so BC ends up six and six. They end up six and six. You know, overall, was this like, uh, what you hoped for this season? This season, absolutely not. You know, you wanted. I had said earlier that in, in my predictions that I was hoping this team would be nine and three, but you lose your star quarterback. You don't have an option off the bench. Uh, you're, you're stuck, and that was what happened with this team. There were other issues that went on as well. I think they're fixable. We'll talk about 2022 next week. But, um, you know, it was it was a disappointing season. And then to end it with this bowl game, 
that didn't happen because of COVID stuff, it just, it stinks. It's just not what you want the season to end like. Uh, you were hoping that this bowl game would have ended with BC with a nice win, a little bit of momentum, and instead we feel like we're still stuck in 2020. Um, but that's our recap of, to, of the 2021 season. I wanted to kind of just go through the year, tell you what my thoughts were about every game, where you guys were at as a fan base, because I hear everything that you're saying. But this is not how you wanted the year to end, and I'm right there with you. I wanted one more game to watch what they could do with a full month of rest and, and guys being back. We didn't get that, and it, and it's a ro- it robbed it. But I mean, hopefully this will be the last year of this. You cross your fingers that twenty twenty one will be the last year of all this COVID stuff, and that next year, you know, hopefully we'll have all this behind us, and we'll talk about that next time. We'll talk about twenty twenty two. Thank you all for listening on tomorrow's show. We'll preview basketball. Hopefully we'll be back. We'll find out hopefully in the next twenty four hours whether that game against UNC will happen. We'll talk about hockey, who's returning, and a lot more in between. Thank you all for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBC. Make sure if you are listening to this podcast, my challenge to you is to go to YouTube.com, create an account, and then hit subscribe. It does help the podcast a ton. So if you're listening and you haven't done that yet, please do it. It could be your Christmas present to me. Say, hey, AJ, I subscribe to your YouTube channel. Thank you so much, and we'll see you all again tomorrow. Have a great Thursday, everyone. See you again soon.